Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week we're going to talk about 1969's The Wild Bunch. Before we get started, how was your week? It's been complicated. We're having a complicated week, everybody. How was your week? Um, Longer than it as many days as it had so yeah it's i don't know every day feels all like big big and mushy like a water weenie and i don't know how to get my hands around it you know what i'm talking about when i say water weenie oh yes i do like the it's like a long donut and you Mm -hmm. like if you if you squeeze it it like pops up out of your hand it's like a rubber thing filled with liquid but it's like it's got like it's like a tube well things that Swimming is not a big thing for me. It's not for swimming. It's, it's a seen, toy. I've seen something like that in okay. like swimming pools. Maybe. I guess. Are you thinking about no, I'm not a thinking pool about a noodle. noodle? I'm thinking about okay. a <laughs> It is the shape of a pool noodle, but small, like little, like mm-hmm. this, like this big. Anyways, I'm being weird. We're being weird, everybody. So we're going to talk about Sam Peckinpah's alternate history... Western that takes place in the 1919s, in the 1919, in the 19-teens, mm-hmm. I believe it is 1919, uh, wherein people could have had cars, but mostly had horses, well, the Wild Bunch. <laughs> amazing amount of money, I think, to have cars. I think that's they probably right. They were even right. airplanes. They mentioned that. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember when the Wright Brothers flew, but it was right around here. And there were planes, I believe, in the war. Mm-hmm. By World War II, for certain. Um, so this movie takes place largely in the Texas, in, in the Texas-Mexico border and on either side of it. Uh, every synopsis that you see will talk about an aging group of outlaws. Right. So that's what we're talking about. This is... I like the fact that they're all like my age, and it's like an aging group of over-the-hill... Has been I'm like what? No. God damn! Yeah, jeez. Um, <laughs> Slow your roll. <laughs> What's up? And there that? is one kid, right? Who's a major part in it? Uh, he's also the only ethnic mm-hmm. person who, and he was right. He was played by a Latin actor. He was played by a Puerto Rican actor. Yep. This movie, this movie, you guys, is it's long. Mm-hmm. A lot happens in it. It does have um, vibes of things like the Magnificent Seven. What was the other thing that I had rec- that I had um, compared it to? Uh, the Guns of Navarone. Yeah. So it's a bunch of men who are who for whom the world is passing them by. Mm-hmm. Who like want to make one last score so that they can settle down and uh, just finish their lives out in peace. Even though that's, of course, never going to happen for any of these people. They are called the Wild Bunch, after all. Uh, and this movie takes a, a different stance on the, those actions and behaviors. Um, it is extremely violent, especially for the time. Mm-hmm. Like now, it doesn't seem that violent, but now everything is like you know, I, I uber don't know. violent. I showed part of the Battle of the Bloody Porch, as it's referred to at the end, to one of our coworkers who likes action movies, and he was like, 
Yeah. Well, and yeah. that scene with the machine gun. That's the end of oh, the movie. Oh, that is, it is that scene. Yeah, okay. It's like, what, what was, and it just kept going. And right. and it's, and it's Sam Peckinpah is very clearly making an anti-violence film. Right. He's also kind of making a film telling men to fucking get with the times. Right. Or get the fuck out of the way. Like, it feels a little yes. bit like that, which is odd because... With a name like Sam Peckinpah, you'd think he'd talk into himself. Like, it's, yeah. it feels self-referential. And I wonder if we're going to get another wave of films like this now. So, are you familiar with him at all, his work as a director? I am not, no. This is a theme that the the death of the Old West was a theme that he came back to a couple of times. Specifically the Old West. Because right. I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing maybe even Death of the Old West films mm. coming out now to maybe help some of these white men who are really struggling with the fact that the world is moving right. the fuck on and they need to get get on board or get the fuck out of the way. Like, I wonder if we'll, if we'll get another batch of these. We might. Or I mean, something similar to someone that. Someone was threatening a director who would have been perfect to adapt the work of Cormac McCarthy. Oh, he's uh, he, would yes. have been. And I think that they have some sort of synergy if it hasn't been for McCarthy when he's doing something like Blood Meridian about the Texas Rangers. If he was re- referencing the Wild Bunch, because it's really no, I've very never read Blood vibe. Meridian. I I've read. The Road, and I've read All the all Pretty, the pretty horses. horses. I had to read All the Pretty right. Horses in college. Which is written all in one sentence. No, it's oh, not fuck. written in all one sentence, but it, but it kind of is. Uh, there is a sentence on like page six or mm-hmm. 11. It's like page six or 11 mm-hmm. that uses right. something like, I think it's on page six, and there are 11 ands in it. Well, there was because a, he can't just put a goddamn period in a sentence. Oh, my God. Does not, it's like <laughs> a stylistic choice. Is not sure. to use. I mean, that's what I was told. I is yes. not to use much punctuation. I don't like the choice. And he also yes. doesn't use typically, at least in all the pretty horses, he doesn't mm-hmm. use quotation marks. Right. Or he says and she senses. So it is very difficult Which to follow who the fuck is saying you what. You can do sure, but not to the. Ex- I, I felt like when I, I was still reading, it gets into a point of feeling like a dream where you're just right. like, I don't even understand what's happening anymore, the, and you're just conveying thoughts to me right. instead of a how, scene. How to write dialogue without attribution is to make the individual voice is so different that you can tell them apart, and sometimes you can Or being com- coming from such different right. places. Yeah, but I mean... Even if stylistically yeah. they're very similar, they have to have extremely of opposing well, viewpoints about um, the conversation. Yes. Yeah. But um, but with Peckinpah, he did a film called Ride the High Country. Okay. Which I was familiar with, which is also about... Um, to aging cowboys who are not at all in step with the modern age. Gotcha. What at that? What, right. what, what it takes. He place. did a film called Major Dundee, which I didn't realize was his. That unfortunately only survives in a very chopped up version. Mm. Um, it's a very odd film the way that it exists now. But he insisted that it was his best work ever before they chopped it all to bits. And that's uh, Charlton Heston playing a um, a <coughs> Union soldier, I believe. Who is going after? Um, who's taking a group of of Confederate? I'm trying to get the sides right. Uh, Northern prisoners. to Southern. Right. Okay. Yeah. To go look, uh, or rather, hunt down an Indian chief 
who has been massacring groups along the border. Oh, okay. And so it becomes this, he, he, Charlton Heston's part in the film, and he was like, oh, I God. hated this man. I tr- Heston, who was notoriously very cool and collected on screen, nearly beat the daylights out of Sam Peckinpah because he was such a frustrating director to work with. Oh, interesting. Which And that was like notorious. It's like, you got Charlton Heston to... to cause, but that film was interesting because it was like this replay of Moby Dick. Yeah. Where there's a guy who's so obsessed with going out and, and stamping out this Indian horde. And so it, it was it was approaching thematically a film like The Searchers. Yeah. But it got butchered afterwards to the point to where... It's, the Searchers you know, was one that I was thinking... Yeah, that I had mentioned Shane, which is very explicitly, mm-hmm. there's no place for me right, in, in exactly. the world as it is. Um, so it's these kind of themes. And this one has that theme, but it's not... I wouldn't call this movie poignant. <laughs> it's well, the characters in it. There's a group of characters, and they're led by Pike Bishop, which William is Holden. the best name. And right. it's William Holden, and he um, he looks like drunk dad. Well, there's a reason why he looks drunk, but <laughs> it's funny that he was just he was just Mister. He was the Brad Pitt of his time. That time was before the time of this film. (laughs) And so at this point, he was settling into being this kind of actor who... And we saw a network, I think, you and I. Yeah, later. And it's like he still is an amazing actor. Absolutely. But the sort of glamour boy... He's not a leading man. In that he didn't like that image anyhow, so it's like when he could put it past him, he put it past him. I wonder if that's like Leslie Nielsen, like what Mm -hmm. Leslie Nielsen did, but into comedy instead of into this dramatic... Like cause Leslie Nelson was always good looking, but he was he he leaned real hard away from that leading man right thing, because, which I guess Vincent Price also kind of right, did, did. It turns out, which I didn't even know he started. Monday, well, yeah, when he saw Laura, <laughs> yes. it's like okay, here he goes. Okay, but, um, but yeah, I liked. Oh, if, this is nineteen thirteen, not nineteen nineteen. So let me be be clear about that. If you watch a lot of old films, westerns in particular. Mm-hmm. But you like character actors. That was something that we, because we watched uh, uh, on uh, TCM, the comment that um, the host makes about, if you like crusty character actors, this movie is filled. Yes, yeah. So let's go through. This is going to be really hard, though, because I they kind of all blend together. So I'm not going to be saying a lot of names Mm -hmm. when we get into it. Um, Dutch Engstrom is Ernest Borgnine. You know it. You know you know him right. because he is the most. The but he's also just the most. Right. Honestly, y'all, this is one of those movies where everybody is mustached and white, and I'm like, these are all the same man. Yes, but I can't figure they have out the different layers them. of grime on them. But they don't. That's <laughs> the thing they don't. They so, just, but Ernest Borgnine looks like right. Ernest Borgnine, so I was like, okay, I know you. Okay. Then we have Lyle and Tector Gorch. Played by Warren Oates and Ben Johnson. These are two brothers who do nothing but fuck women in front of each other. It's very weird. That is their main character well, traits, that, though. That and the fact that, well, they drink. That's the other character trait. Yeah, but they only it, drink in order to, like, make them... It seems them... like they're in it for the thrills. Yes. Borgnine... But all they do is talk right. about fucking, and they only ever do it together. It's very... I'm like, are they a couple? And then you're like, no, they're brothers. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> yeah. 
Also, that's the other thing. There are a lot of women in this film. Almost none of them say f***ing anything. There's one actress who gets a good scene, Mm. a brief scene. It's brief. I wouldn't say it's good. Um, Her performance is good in it. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, But all of them are topless. So (laughs) there's a lot Mm. of sex in this movie you do uh, and breastfeeding like you see just full-on real breastfeeding um which is fine and great but and the women all seem to have agency i will say that they all appear to want to have sex with these men for money or for fun or both Mm -hmm. um the only person that seems to be um Forcing himself on a woman at any point mm-hmm. is right at the beginning, and he is killed. <laughs> so that's... Right, that's Bill Hopkins' character. And it's <laughs> funny because Bill Hopkins wound up being, like a lot of these guys, like um, War Notes, he wound up became, becoming like a leading man actor in the 70s. I could see that because he was a very sort of stereotypically mm-hmm. sort of um, rugged, good-looking dude, right. but his character was... Deeply well, his gross and creepy. Was like, I mean, is he he's, called? he's called Crazy. Right, like, that is what they call him. <laughs> his of... name is Clarence Crazy Lee, which, mm. y'all, that's the shittiest nickname that ever was. And then we have Angel, played by Jamie Sanchez, mm-hmm. um, who, who we had mentioned before. That is the uh, Latino member of our right, crew. In this film, he's playing a, a Mexican. Uh, Person who's hired on with this gang, and he's we go back to his village, and so he becomes a really. Im- he is the he right. is he probably the emotional Mexico. heart of the movie. Yes. He also represents Mexico, and a lot of the movie takes place in Mexico. Uh, uh, we'll get to it in a second. Okay. And then then there's a bunch of other people, but we don't really care about them because they're all going to die in the well, opening again, scene. To me, it's <laughs> like oh, it's, there's Strother Martin, and there's L. Q. Jones, and there's you know yes. Albert Decker's the head of the railroad who was. Well, yes, but those are not. Right. Those are not. Uh, I'm talking about the the the, the wild bunch, the right. the men that we're following. Then they mm-hmm. have a set of adversaries, and that's who you're talking about. Right. So we we open with these men uh, robbing a bank. They're robbing a bank. They're robbing a bank. They're robbing a bank in Starbuck, Texas, right mm-hmm. on the Texas border. They are robbing Another a bank. Reference to Moby Dick. Yes, it is, and. They are being surveilled from across the street and mm-hmm. above by a gang of bounty hunters. Uh, Let's use the vigilantes. This is a posse. posse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, headed by, well, really headed by Deke Thornton, who's played by Robert Ryan. But they're at the behest of Patrick Harrigan, uh, played by Albert Decker, who uh, is, uh, he works for the railroad. Right. And uh, this wild bunch keeps stealing from the railroad. And so they he has hired a former member of the gang, that's mm-hmm. Deke, um, to track and uh, kill them. <laughs> and they have a bunch of Morons working well, for kind of what, <laughs> what is interesting about the film is how he sets up the two groups here. Yes. Because Pike Bishop and his men are all, first of all, they're all in uniforms. Right, they're all in uniforms. <laughs> they were former soldiers, most of them. 
cavalry. Right. Former U.S. Well, at least they're dressed right. as U.S. But cavalry. They're making references to it as well. Yeah. Some of them, not all of them. But and the horses are stolen from the yeah. U.S. cavalry, we find out later. So the uniforms might also be stolen from the U.S. cavalry. But they are dressed officially. They, they but don't the have much in not. the terms of professional ethics. Although we learn as the story goes on, they don't leave people behind. And the fact that Pike left Deke behind at some point... Yeah. That, that, that's what we find out. That is a that is a that is an issue. Pike goes to open a door at one point when they are both, I think, in a hotel room mm-hmm. with hookers, um, and he's like, "Oh, there's no problem. It's just a fucking room service or whatever." And he opens the door, and uh, everybody gets shot. Deke gets captured and ends up going to Yuma right. to jail to prison, which, which he is threatened with having to return there if he does not right, uh, capture. Not just comply. Mm-hmm. He's got to capture this gang, and he's got to do it in thirty days. That's what that that's his raison d'être at this at this point. Um, and then all of the rest of the posse, as you say, Southern Martin, Alki Jones, Paul Harper, uh, Sutman, and Bill Hart plays one of them. Uh, they are dumb as shit. Yes, they are. And doing a, armed. It's a great job of just playing like the most repugnant group of people that you will ever meet in your life. It's yes. so um the the ba- the bank robbery is going on across the street the posse is on the roof with rifles which is how they get fucking found because mm-hmm. somebody's looking out the window and is like there's a rifle up there. Uh and also at the same time as this is happening in a town populated by people right uh there's a temperance movement there's a temperance meeting happening so there's a a preacher and a bunch of people saying i forsake the i I forsake drugs and alcohol and then they get up and start walking through the town singing hymns at which point because the bank robbers our wild bunch knows that there's a posse over there they're going to use that as cover to get the fuck out but uh, this posse don't care about nothing, and a bunch of fucking people die. So right. the first thing that we see, basically, is a huge shootout with a ton of collateral damage that nobody seems to give a fuck about. And it's very weird, because in this scene and the later scenes of violence mm-hmm. among the population of a town, because this happens like three different times, maybe four different times, this is the this is the the crux of the action in this film very often is a shootout between these two groups. Well, these two groups or the, our, our group and uh, Mexican, Mexican general Isimos who are traitors to their country. Um, that's, that's a whole thing. Uh, there, there are all of these shots back and forth between like this horrible violence that's being meted out. And then people, taking cover looking so blasé as though the the a this happens all the time and b they have no fear of it if they get killed it's fine because this life sucks boss anyways like that's what it feels like and some of those people are kids it's very weird right. there's the opening scene of the film is actually lifts the opening of one of my favorite movies um the wages of fear 
um, in which there's a little boy playing with uh, torturing an insect. And in this film, there's two scorpions that these kids have fenced in with twigs, these two scorpions, and they're being covered with ants. Yeah, they're being eaten by red ants. It's gross, and it goes on for a long time. Yeah, and the point that, of course, Peckinpah is trying to make is that this is exactly what's about to happen to the characters in the story. But it's also like a weird... The kids in this movie are sinister as shit. Well, everyone <sighs> is sinister. Everyone is, but the kids yeah. are particularly sinister. They, We see this later. Angel mm-hmm. is being dragged behind a truck, and then kids are following him, hitting him like he's a fucking One pinata. One actually sits on him for a second, like he's a ride, and, and to the fucking much wild. to the amusement of the other children. Yeah, it's, it, these kids are fucked mm-hmm. up, and it's probably okay that they die in the crossfire. I'm sorry, but I don't... Mm, Y'all, I don't think I like this movie very much. Um, yeah, we should mention that this is one of the the extensive use of the bullet hit squibs. Yeah, that there is a lot gratuitous of blood blood in this scene and several others. Uh, obviously, um, and and he mentions this. This is not the first of the directors that we've seen who's really influenced by Kurosawa and his use of alternating slow motion and and regular speed. Yeah. So there's a lot of slow motion. That's the other thing. That, that's what makes this movie so long. This right. movie is like two hours and 20 minutes long or something like that. And it's half long. That is just people being shot. It's just people being shot. It's... Ugh. Okay. And so there's a huge shootout. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets shot. Not, not everyone, but I mean, right. like a lot of fucking people get shot. And of our group... Pike, Dutch, the Gorch brothers, Angel, and Buck gets get out. But Buck has been shot in the face and blinded. And so he does ask Pike to go ahead and finish that job. And Pike does. Before he even finishes asking. Yeah. It's like, okay, fine. I'm not going to let you. Yeah. Lee uh, is left behind and uh, is killed. And it's fine because he did lick a lady. And I didn't like that. Well, he was also trying to. He was. Marching them, because, again, he was crazy, oh, which is an offensive term, I'm sure, but still, um, he's marching the bank tellers around the bank and singing hymns. Yeah, it's weird. And then he just gets shot. He takes two of them out as he's dying. He does. So he, Yes, yeah. he does do that. They all, are the, our wild bunch, I'm going to keep referring to them, to them that way, uh, all arrive, they, they cross... Um, in back into Mexico, and they arrive in another in a small town, and they meet up with another member of their group, which whose name is Freddie Sykes, played by Edmund O'Brien. He's waiting with horses and saddles, and they look at their hall, and it's not gold. Which, why the fuck didn't you notice this at the bank? But that's fine. It's not gold. It's not silver. It's this not is... currency of any kind. Right. It's washers. Oh no! The they have been foiled. So this is another situation where, right, where go ahead, you could have just let them take the exactly. not gold and ride out of town and then taken them out outside of town where there wasn't a whole town's worth of people. This is something Y'all, that, we just talked about this in Dog Day. This brings up to the railroad guy, which is one of these idiots. You put such a high bounty on these people's heads. Yep. That one of these idiots, and they are so... They're very dumb. Dirt poor. Yes. On top of and they're also dumb. Du- they're they desperate. They're dumb and desperate. They're running in among the corpses to see if they can steal their boots and things. Constantly. 
We see this mm. posse raiding corpses like they're playing fucking right. some sort of RPG where you kill a monster and then pick up the gold that it dropped. It's right. that. They're doing that. Getting Stealing guns, stealing boots, stealing gold out of people's mouths. It's yeah. fucking wild. They're, and you see it happens literally every time. Right. <laughs> and that's I, I think that was kind of... Peckinpah's kind of... He's trying to show the Old West in this really unvarnished way. Yeah. Because it wasn't Because his whole romantic. idea was in making films like this was to say... It's 1969. He mentions we've had too many cowboys and Indians kinds of films about the West. We need to show that people suffered, people died. There was a lot of collateral damage. The people that we thought were heroes were not heroes. And that's what we get from this film, too. Yeah. I mean, no, there's, there is... Maybe that's why I don't like the movie very much. There are no heroes in this movie. Right. Every one of these motherfuckers is a motherfucker. Like, right. every one of them. It's There's nobody... There's just degrees, in the right. I think there are degrees of wickedness. I think Angel is probably Angel right. is probably the mo- I want to call him by his Spanish right. name, but he's probably the most. Although he does do something horrible in the course of the film. I mean, absolutely. Yes. And so that's I think, yes. He that he shoots his girlfriend, and I'm just like, okay, well, fuck. Um, yeah, this is a mess. Um, so. So this is after this they cross the Rio Grande. Yes. And oh, wait, hold on no, a second. Okay. Did we mention that they... Okay, so we met... No, they've already crossed our ground. Right. We're in Mexico at this point. We do reveal... We see in flashbacks this sort of double cross. It wasn't really a double cross. I don't know that Pike knew mm-hmm. that there were posse yeah. or, or police at the door, but he did fucking get out of there and leave Deke behind. And Deke went to prison and was tortured. We see him being whipped. Mm-hmm. And he does not fucking want to go back. So his whole thing Motivation is, is, I got to take this dude down. The guy who ditched me, basically. Yeah. And I don't even think he's... It doesn't even feel, at least not in the way that the actor is playing it, like he's out for revenge. He literally is like, I just have to hand him over mm-hmm. so I can have some sort of he life. He seems to have, like... Some apprehension about the people he's handing them over to. Yes, there is absolutely and he should, that. Yeah. Because these people are just nuts. And these are just capitalists, y'all. These mm-hmm. are just the owners of the right. railroad. When I first saw them, who like, today are still causing major fuckery in well, our country. So it's not even like... Any one of these characters in the posse could have been president. Um, but when I look at them, I, at first I was like, why are they wearing such strange costumes? And I realized these are the costumes that they scavenged off of dead people that Absolutely. don't match and they're weird. Yeah, there's one yeah. of them is wearing leathers like right. like a native. And I'm just like, what the fuck? But it is. That's what it is. Right. He's, they're just scavenged. And they're just really enthusiastic also about doing this. And so, Well, because they don't have anything else. Right. They are, they, they, even though they botched this whole thing, they try and get money for drinks out of Harrigan that night. And he's like, fuck off and fuck you. Right. Like, no, no. How many people are dead now yeah. because you just started firing into a crowd? Although he does not actually care. But no, he doesn't. <laughs> he really doesn't. So, um, then they keep traveling and they go to Anhel's, uh, or a village. A village. And mm-hmm. I'm going to keep calling him that. So that's just what he's going to be called. Um, and we find out that I feel like this village elder Don Jose, played by Chano Ur- Urueta, 
uh, I feel like we've seen him before. I don't know why. He's just got like a very village right. elder in Mexico right. face. Well, he I might don't... be the village elder in the Magnificent Yes, Magnificent Seven. Seven, Seven, exactly. And he's like, we've been attacked by a General Mapache. Mm-hmm. He's a not real. This is, He's not real, right? He This is some no. of that alternate history that Peckinpah has put in here. Um, he's a Mexican general. He works for the government of General Huerta. Mm-hmm. So we're in the height of the Mexican Revolution. Do you know anything about the Mexican Revolution? I know Revolution? that, as we see later, they are being influenced by outside sources. Yes, we have a German who's trying to basically get a foothold outside of the just outside of the United right. States as they're doing their fuckery in uh, in Europe. Right. And, and they're so trying to get weapons. The conflict <laughs> is between the the Americans and the and th- this was the conflict at the time between Americans who had bought up large tracts of land, oil companies that had bought large tracts of land in Mexico. Europeans that were trying to control the, the, the destiny of the country. Right. And the people themselves. Yeah. And that's where you had... And he's, yes. He's, you don't see him in the film, but you hear about him, Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa, who is fighting for the people, right? right. That he's is just like, yeah, this this is our country. This is not yours. Go back to Europe. Yeah. And and that goes also for the Mexican-born, because Mapache right. is Mexican-born. Right. But he's he's he is going to... he. Mapache is an interesting character in that he represents the kind of person who betrays his own country, and but he's strong enough to where people will follow him yeah. for the protection. He reminds me of a warlord, like um, like like what we mm-hmm. see uh, African warlords right. be portrayed, where they are very much harming right and most so- of the populations that they are parts of, but they have enough power that they are able to attract by fear or, you know, that strongman um, mentality uh, enough followers to keep them in power even when they are a detriment to, you know, 90% of the population. Angel discovers that his fiancée, Teresa, has run away with Mapache's army. Well... And this we is... find out that Angel's dad was hanged right. and that she was taken. Well, we don't know that if she went on her willingly. What the village elder tells him yeah. is that she went willingly. We don't know if that's the case, although she later says claims that she has. Right, but also mm. he's she... a general that just killed a bunch of people right. in your and village. So that's How much consent do you actually have? The, what makes her scene really interesting later on? When he finally finds her. Yeah. But this kind of, like, gets Angel very... Ups- I mean, he's really angry because his father is dead. And this general just came to the town, took all the supplies this town had. And marches off. Yep. So that feels very much like Magnificent Seven, right? Mm-hmm. So now uh, they uh, head towards Agua Verde, which is where Mapache has set up his... Um, like his base of operations. And mm-hmm. Angel's like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm definitely not going to kill him, but he definitely wants to kill him. Right. <laughs> um, and they, but they want to, they need to trade their horses. That's what they're going to try and do. And they, because they now, they don't have the score that they thought they had. They, they have bags have of washers. Right. And they can't go back to Texas because now they're like, 
they know that there's a posse after them, although I'm sure that they've come across the border at this point. Um, and they say, like, there is, there is like, lines where it's like, we're in Mexico now, and they're like, it looks the fucking same. And it's right. like, yeah, because Texas was Mexico at one point. Um, and... Well, he sees Teresa. Yes. And uh, Teresa... This is the scene, yeah. Gives him... She... What I like about the performance of this actress in this scene, uh, Sonia Amelio, I guess, is that she has... She's saying different, something different with her eyes than she's saying with her mouth. Sure. And I like the idea that she's going, oh, no, this is completely voluntary. I'm with him because he's strong. I'm with him because he's going to protect me. And it seems like she's just tearing up the whole time that she's saying this. Like, right. She's either trying to convince herself to believe it or she is, like, she's just put herself yeah. in this mindset where now, she's rejecting what's going on with her. What we need to say here, though, mm-hmm. is everything she says is in Spanish. Right. Everything Mapache says is in Spanish. Yeah. Everything the village elders say almost uh, is in Spanish. There is probably 40% of the dialogue in this movie is in Spanish, and it is not dubbed. Yeah. It is, or it is not subtitled. We don't know what the... Sometimes we mm-hmm. don't know. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Right. And okay. I, have, yeah. I, have a, I have a working knowledge of Spanish. I For long stretches, I was like... I have vibes of what's happening, yeah. but I don't have specifics. And let me be clear. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that Peckinpah made this choice. I think it's a strong choice to make in 1969. I would like the option to put on some captions. I always want captions. Mm. With everything that we watch, I want captions because I can't fucking hear for shit. Yeah. And so that goes double if there's a language yeah, that I'm not I, it following. It was a, a choice that uh, it reminds me in some ways um The Naked Prey. Yeah. Which is a film that, you know, despite the Is it in Zosha or, or it, Zulu? Uh, it's in a Zulu dialect, I believe, and they just don't translate it for you. Yeah. It's like you have these scenes where these characters are interacting and they don't speak. You know. Which which makes sense because mm-hmm. he doesn't speak the language, right. right? And the whole thing with that movie is he is he's thrown into the situation and just has to fucking figure it out. Right. So you're with him in that. Here, Angel knows what the fuck they're saying. Right. I guarantee and you, Pike knows what the fuck they're saying. I, it's funny because, uh, okay, here's my the advantage I have is that I actually do understand Spanish. Right, of course. And so it just didn't occur to me, oh, wait, they, they are speaking Spanish, so I apologize no, for no, not no, trying no. to No, 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 it's fine. And like I said, uh-huh. I like the choice. I would like the option. But in a scene like this, it would have been important it for It would have, to, because I'm because like, gotten she's clearly distraught. She's, right. And I'm already like, none of the women in this movie are doing anything but mm. fucking these men. Right. Or feeding that baby. That lady that was feeding that baby at one point. Um, which, which is fine, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, but a lot of this movie right. is in Spanish. And um, I didn't follow. And it wasn't even like... I. I wanted in English so I can follow it. I There was so much going on. And the choices of the slowing the things down, the speeding the things up, the doing these full um, cuts to other characters while people were speaking. Like, the stylistic visual choices that Peckinpah is making 
are taking away from my be- ability to comprehend what he is the trying to put across with the, the language. Critics at the time had the other issue they had. For, for one thing, they were just like, this is, they were horrified by the amount of violence. It's a lot movie. of violence, yeah, especially at this time, yeah. Um, but the th- another thing that they were following what you're saying that they had an issue with was the um, how discordant the scenes of violence are, and they're intentionally done that way. They are. He's breaking the 180 degree rule a, uh-huh, lot, a lot in this film. So and you don't just, know where anybody there are is. Flying out, there's bodies flying out of everywhere. You know. Yeah, you don't know where and, you where know. one person is to another person. Right. One, one group is to another person. Uh, another group. A lot of times, the groups are inside of the other groups. So you, it, it's very confusing. And then add to that, right, untranslated. Second language. And the other issue they had was the fact that there are several flashbacks in the film. Yeah. That, that for the most part are completely unheralded. You're just suddenly in a flashback. And I guess it turns out a lot of those flashbacks, mm-hmm. specifically about Deacon Pike's. Right. Uh, or Bishop. Yeah, it's Pike Bishop, right? So Deke and Pike, those are their first names. Uh, they're falling out. A lot of those were removed from the original. Okay. Theatrical release, and then we're put back later. There's a there's a scene showing Pike with his. Well, he, he's explaining to these guys later on when he's hanging out with Mapache in there, inside of a they're having a steam bath. Well, let's right. Let's get there. Okay. Because, um, they find Mapache. Angel's girlfriend basically says, "No, I'm good." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm here of my own free will. At which point on how fucking stands up and shoots her while she's sitting on Mapache's lap. And I'm like, right. well, they're all gonna die now. And somehow <laughs> they don't. <laughs> how is a little dicey to me because I don't understand what's being well, said on the screen. Out. They basically sell their skill set to right. go do a robbery for Mapache. Which right. is basically that that's how they get out of being executed. Also right. the idea that that Angel was acting to get rid of because of his girlfriend or this fit of jealousy, not because he was trying to kill the general, which is what the general was worried about. Yeah. Um and Right. Yeah, so, no, it wasn't about her. It right. was him. It was I'm literally not trying to about kill her. You, I'm trying to kill her. Which once again, but, he should have just shot Mapache. What the fuck? He's sitting right there. At the same time. <laughs> um Mapache pretends to forgive them, but you know that he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. No, he's going to get as much out of them as he can, and then kill them all, probably. Maybe. Spoiler alert. He's (laughs) wily. So what they end up, they're they're hired. Mm -hmm. And this might be, do they do the steam in between when they're, yeah, they get hired. So now. Well, he shows situation Situation is diffused. Nobody else dies, just her. The one speaking woman in the movie, and then they do the scene with with, with um with um Pike, where he has uh, this. He's sitting in uh, one of the things that the general, the German general, yes, with him there is a German right. Is he a general? I thought he was just a businessman, but he's he a military advisor. Mm-hmm. And then there's somebody else as well with him, commander. I'm sorry, commander Moore. Um, and he's going to pay them a huge amount of money in gold coins. $10,000. Much more than they thought they were going to get from the bank. Yes. Heist. And so they're seeing the idea that they can, you know, Pike can start his ranch that he wants to start. Right. And 
everybody's going to get their right. nut and they'll be able to do what they want to do. Yeah. And uh, of course, Angel is like, I want to support all the people. Well, that's that's after the fact. Right. They're going to steal U.S. Ar- and a U.S. arms shipment mm-hmm. and deliver it to Mapache. Right. That okay. is that is the off of a train because <laughs> we know that they're train bandits. That's why Harrigan wants them in the first place. That's why the posse is after mm-hmm. them because they are good at stealing Robbing from a train. Banks, right. mm, train. I mean, robbing trains. Yes. They're bad at stealing from banks because the one time we've seen them do it. It ended in a shootout, and they only got washers. Yeah, so mm-hmm. not good at stealing from trains, but good stealing from trains. Um, and so they're going to do that, and we see them do that. And as they're going up to do it, Angel is like, one case of the, there's supposed to be 16 cases of rifles. Mm-hmm. One case of these rifles delivered to my village and Mapache can't hurt right, them anymore. So give me the guts. Is that he was going to use his share of the money for that anyhow? Yes, but okay. then they say, we'll go ahead and give you the guns and you get forfeit your share of the money. Right. And he's like, absolutely. But to go back to the, the flashback that was um, in the bathhouse. Yeah. He's sitting in the bathhouse with Dutch and with um, the at this point remarkably grimy, a Freddie Sykes, and he has a huge kind of scar along his thigh. He's got a big gash on his leg. And this is when he describes again his Mexican girlfriend that he was married that that she was married and her husband comes home and finds them together and shoots her and then shoots him, but this guy gets away. Right. And so he's now, and it's interesting how that's done with no sort of thought of, oh, he eventually gets revenge. Spoiler alert, he doesn't ever get revenge. We never see this guy again. It's just the story goes along in this very strange kind of picaresque way where you think that some of the events are leading somewhere and they don't, or there's characters who look like they're going to get built up like crazy. You think he's going to be a bigger part of the film and he just gets He dies immediately. We do find out that he is Freddie Sykes' grandson. Nephew. Nephew. No, wait, grandson, grandson. It's grandson. Right. And uh, Pike did leave him behind mm. on purpose, right. uh, which is his M.O. Even though he says he doesn't leave anyone behind, he keeps leaving people behind. <laughs> so what do you stand for, sir? Um, so then we have the robbery of the train and uh, that's a good scene that's a fun scene that like scene is, that yeah. scene <laughs> i was i was mentioning to you the if nothing else that 10 or 15 minute segment of the film yeah really earns a thriller yes um, so the bunch holds up the train thornton and the posse are right there right so it, it's like a moving heisty mm-hmm. shootout situation right. And they it's, load it's good. It. There's a truck loaded with dynamite. They're going to blow the bridge. Or not the truck is not loaded with dynamite. The bridge is loaded with dynamite. Yeah. They're trying to get across. The wheel breaks through the the, uh, the very weakened timbers. Timber, the yeah, the bridge. Yeah. So they're trying to push it off before the flare. The, and the, then the but the 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 dynamite's already a go. Right. So they're yeah. It's a whole thing. It's it's good. It, that's a good scene. That's probably my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, they. Do get across. The bunch gets out. Mm-hmm. The gang makes their escape. Um, the other group is uh, kind of caught in that crossfire, but they mostly still survive. Right. You, they lose a bunch of people that we didn't really meet ever before. So. You're talking about the, the posse, right? The posse, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then everybody's heading back to Mexico. Um, on the trail back, 
they're going through all of the cases of things, um, at which point they do give on how right. a case of guns to, to head off to go to his uh, his uh, town that they were at, at originally. Um, and then they also find a fun little thing, a Browning M1917 machine gun. Y'all, a 1913 machine gun shouldn't be given to anybody. Right. Because no one knows what the fuck they're doing, and they are going to kill a fuck ton of people, y'all. Two different scenes, one played for comedy, and a bunch of people die. <sighs> so, they, uh, and then they're met by a small group of Pancho Villa's men, as you say. He is mm-hmm. never on screen, but he is a presence in the film. And uh, they are also... Friends of Angel's, and mm-hmm. so there's like this weird tete-a-tete <laughs> between well, the two of them. Moment where they like the bunch is just woken up out of sleep with machetes at their throats. Like yep. they are so quietly and efficiently taken. Yep, 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 yep. And that because they're not that good at anything. Well, they're better than the posse, but that's not saying that's, anything yeah, because the posse is one smart dude and a bunch of adults. Uh, and by smart, I mean one of them. So it's not even like, yeah, it's, mm. uh, and then on how like smooths everything out. Um, but Pike and Dutch, as you say, are impressed by the fact that they got the drop on them. And right. I'm like, y'all were all sleeping. You all didn't put anybody out for watch. So I don't know why you're so fucking impressed. <laughs> and uh, and the gorgeous are mad because they look like fools and I'm like well don't be a fool then kind of look like fools all the time well, then stop, yes, that's and then the Mexicans leave as silently as they arrived <laughs> right. uh, and then we see Mapache uh, and his entourage attacked by Pancho Villos force, forces and fucking tore up like right. Y'all, he's not playing around because he does win. So uh, then they meet the bu- the wild bunch in the in a ravine. He sends Captain Herrera, who is probably my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> like I don't know why. I was like, I like this dude. This dude is like going along to get along, but he's like funny. Well, again, he he is a character actor in Mexican films. In he fully reminds me yeah. of the dude from the Mummy. Um, the one that wears a fez, right? <laughs> uh, who's like this sort of thin, wiry? Hey, we're all friends here, right? As he's literally stealing out out from your pockets, all your shit. <laughs> like he's taking everything, uh, or his friends are. Well, he he's got your attention. I remember him from *Romancing the Stone* and *The Three Amigos*. He was. He's a very funny, and of course, like water for chocolate. Yeah. So he's a he's a very okay. He does that very kind of charming bandit thing really yeah. well. Yep, yep, yep. So there's almost a confrontation because one of the soldiers kind of fires at the wagon that's holding the guns, which mm-hmm. has also been wired with electric or explosives. Because why wouldn't you wire munitions with explosives? Because that's probably going to be fine and not a terrible right. idea. But they do that in a really that's one it of the It turns out it's smart that they, that they do, do yes. Right. But it also they're like, well, 
I guess if we go, then we go. Like, <laughs> they're at that stage, I guess. And um, everything is sort of diffused when that dude Herrera uh, does shoot the dude that accidentally fired right. the weapon. So uh, we've got another death, and I guess then everything's cool. Uh, and then they... Um, they work. So this is oh, and I then they pull out the machine right. gun, and Herrera's like, "I will see you when I see you," <laughs> and they peace out. I think that the these scenes actually show them, and the scene before with the actual train robbery are probably the smartest or sharpest that we see this group, because their plan for making sure that Mapache pays them. Yes, so they really are. There's 15 cases of weapons and the machine gun. There should be 16. We don't need to talk about it. Angel took one of them. And uh, they basically hide it in like five different places or four different places Mm -hmm. and are like, we'll bring you some and you'll give us money. And then we'll bring you some more. (laughs) And you're not going to get all your shit until we get all our shit. Uh, And... Uh, Angel and D- uh, Dutch uh, arrive, and Mapache says, "Yeah, but um, we have been tipped off that you've got some. You gave away some of those rifles. We got tipped off by that uh, woman's dad, the the one that you shot in the chest. Mm-hmm. Your ex girlfriend? Yeah, her dad's mad at you for shooting her in the chest." So uh, he did tell us that you took his gu- uh, took my guns, and I do want my guns back. And if you won't give me my guns back, which you won't, uh, I'm just gonna take you and kill you. <laughs> and Ernest Borgnine, Dutch, just lets him take Anna, which there's not a lot he could have done. Right. I get that, but it's fucked up. <laughs> well, see, Ernest, uh, Dutch also complains to Bishop or Pike Bishop. Mm-hmm. That it's time to, like, are we going to go back and get them? Are we going to go back and get Angel at this point? And it's, what's interesting is in the very beginning, he was the yeah. least experienced member of this group. Yes. And now he's, he's very much, he's also like 23, 24 right. years younger than at anybody this else point, in this. He's really proven himself to them, though. Yeah. And, and he has the more honor than anybody right. else. Like, he's got reasons. He has actual reasons. <laughs> he's, got, he's got reasons. He has some temper issues as well. He did he, shoot that lady in the chest. But he has, like, the biggest reason, and they're beginning to see that. You know, at least Pike and Dutch are. The other, the brothers, you know, they can't see beyond. uh, Yeah. Um, And they do give the fucking machine gun to to the general, who, they were like, no, you asked for 16 uh, cases, what you're getting. This is a gift from us to you. And I'm like, don't give him that. And the first thing that happens with that is they do fucking just lose control of this thing and just fire willy-nilly all over the place. It's fucking insane. And and there's so many shots to just people, like, blandly sitting as machine gun fire is happening. And I'm like, who the fuck? are these people i understand life was tough i don't believe you have no self-preservation instincts at all i just don't especially if you've never seen a machine gun and i'm gonna go on out on a limb here and say none of these motherfuckers has ever seen a machine gun before um and they 
Um, they regroup at a canyon. They're waiting for Sykes to come with horses because that's what Sykes does. Sykes brings them horses. And they're arguing over what to do. They don't think they don't have the manpower to get on out back, but it's fucked up to leave and them Sykes, there. By the way, we should mention at this point has been injured and he's pinned down by the posse. Yes, he's wounded by the posse, and Pike uh, abandons him too. Uh, and but they with, think he's dead, pretty much. They, they do. Think, they're like, yeah. he's not going to survive this, and they're going to return to Agua Verde. They're going to get Angel. He's like, I can't save you. I can't save maybe him. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go do that. Um, Mapache's like, yeah, nah. That's when we see him being dragged through the town on the back of like a jeep or a car mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, 1913. So they're lynching him, basically. Uh, and kids are following after him with sticks and shit like he's a pinata. It's fucking bizarre. And, uh, but he does say, come hang out, have some whores, have some booze. And they do. And then the next morning, they're like, all right, <laughs> I've had my last night. Let's go make a stand. We're going to die. That scene is interesting because it's like at the last moment, we've seen that Pike was with this woman before. And I think the young yeah. woman in this scene who actually has a baby in the room. Yes. She, first of all, she looks 16. Yeah. And she looks so young. I don't know that he actually sleeps with her. I don't know either. Uh, he looks like he's he gets drunk in the room. He Yes, yeah. and then he's dressing the next morning. Right. And we know that Dutch has slept with whoever he was with, the mm-hmm. woman that he was with. Um, but yeah, she's just sitting there sort of. And then he does throw her some money, and she looks kind of mad at that a little bit. Well, and I'm well, like, take your money. Well, yeah, it's almost as if. That's why I got the sense that maybe nothing happened and he's just giving her money and she's like, what are you... What's that for, right? Right. Yeah. And then as it turns out, Dutch is sitting outside. Of, oh, yeah, Dutch is outside. Right, yeah, yeah. and he's whittling. Maybe I was thinking of the fucking brothers who and the fuck brothers all the time. And the brothers are arguing over not having to pay the woman who just entertained them both. That's right. And Do she's... Not. She is... And she's like, you need to give me my fucking right. money. And because we had an agreement. And also, y'all are about to die. Give him... What do you need with it? Right. Give me your money. She doesn't know that they're going to die, but I think she knows they're going to well, die. Well, I think you know everyone knows that they're going to get it because they all strap up and get their guns on and get their holsters and their rifles and everything. And they just march right through the middle of town. Yeah. And then they just... And then they they re-demand Angel's release... And Mapache, who is drunk at like seven in the morning or well, whatever, he's been drunk since last night, right. probably, uh, is like, yeah, 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 totally, totally, totally. And then he does slit Anel's throat in front of all of them, and then that's it. All the the next guns. ten minutes will just be or longer with all of these shots to these fucking blase faces of children sitting, mm-hmm. hiding underneath tables, and not even necessarily. Well, no, there's the one girl they keep cutting back to, who like the table's been overturned, and she's just sort of sitting there. Yeah, like you're saying, kind of indifferent just to like, her fate. I'm just so gonna. I'm either now. gonna make it through or I'm not. Like it's so weird. But that scene goes on, and, and it's. It's really, again, this is Peckinpah's, one of his strengths. It's really brilliantly staged. And it just sort of, the fact that he can start with, because the first thing that 
Pike does is he shoots he shoots Mapache and he shoots the German commander and he shoots yeah more it's like and you too <laughs> yeah both of you both of you are done and for a long time like it felt like almost a minute mm-hmm. nobody fucking does Over anything all, and I'm like right. y'all that was your bosses you could just let them go yeah because who the fuck are you fighting for now exactly you c- so- you now are free so if you want mm-hmm. you could just let them go and for a second I'm like okay. Are they gonna just because it's a long time where everybody's just like, oh shit, he totally just shot that dude. Like, what do you do when they shoot your boss? Because yeah, who's a dick and will just kill you? There is like a second in command. I forget his name, the character. Yeah, who is equally in shock, and then he starts rallying the others to do something. I don't know that if he was, if they hadn't shot him. If they'd shot that guy, they probably would have let them go. Yeah. Because well, and that's the thing. And Dutch looks at Pike and starts laughing like, "We, this, I guess this is fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that's the thing. Because they, sh- they shoot Mapache mm-hmm. and nothing happens. That's when Dutch looks at Pike and is like, that's fucking, could it have been so easy? And Pike's like, nah, motherfucker. And then he shoots more. And at that point, everybody fucking just starts firing. That's the Battle of the Bloody Porch by the films the the, the film crew um, called it, and they just shoot their way through the officers. They get the mas- machine gun. They kill a ton of people, and then they all die. I'm pretty sure they all die. Lyle and Hector are both shot repeatedly. Well, they're trying to get the machine gun away from the dude that has it. Mm-hmm. Um, Pike is shot in the back by a prostitute that he then turns around and shoots and kills. Um, and then a little boy, a little Mexican boy, comes up and kills him. Like, finally right. kills him. Dutch is gunned down, rushing to Pike's side. That one, that 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 piece of acting that Ernest Boyman mm-hmm. does... Like he's losing like his best friend, right. and it that's that's rough. And that's why he got the Academy Award for Marty because he can stick he can. emotions in the strangest places. He does, yes. He's always a real person, right? Exactly. With just a weird face. <laughs> um, I like Ernest Borgnine's face, but it is a weird face. It's a very specific face. Uh, and then, uh, sort of. As everything is dying down, fucking Deke Thornton and his fucking dumb posse come like, riding up, they're like, fucking score! And they just start looting these bodies. And there's so many of them. Fucking wild. What what would you say, like 50, 60 people, uh, dead people? All over the place. Oh yeah, I, that that might be a low number. That might there be were a conservative estimate, but so many dead they bodies. They the machine gun, it, and like I said, that scene just goes on. You're and then, yes, it's, it's like fifteen minutes. It's very long, right. and it is very disorienting. You don't, like I said, all of these men are dirty, mm-hmm. so it's hard to tell them apart. And you're just like, well, everyone's gonna die, so I guess I don't really have to track it because, right. I mean. There's a machine gun in the fray. Everyone's going to die. And Thornton looks kind of sad at Pike's body because that was his friend once. Then he does steal his gun. So that's fun. And then he, um, and then the bounty hunters, this posse, 
heading back to the States, and Thornton's like, no, nah, good, thanks. Hey, you, what are you <laughs> Where do? the you fuck would I go back there? Extradite me to do what? No. Yeah. So I'm going to live down Yemen? here. No. And, um, and then he hears a bunch of gunfire, and then, um, Is it Sykes? Yeah, Sykes comes riding into town. Don Jose and then a bunch of Pantrovia's rebels come through and they're like, yeah, we just killed everybody. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought I was hearing. (laughs) That seems right. I'm super glad I didn't go with them. And they're like, you want to come with us? And he's like, sure, what the hell? And then... And that's the end of the movie. movie. It's it's a very odd ending. Um... Because, as you Is mentioned, this I didn't our know Shane? Th- I don't know. I didn't know. You mentioned that you didn't know that these were the two guys who were going to survive. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's two. wild that these are the two guys. Right. You're just like, okay, I guess it's the ones who represent those who are left behind, yeah. right? That's who gets saved. He was left behind by Pike, and Sykes's grandson was left behind by Pike. Once again, he was a sex creep. It's fine that he was left behind. Is that true? They, that's right. Yeah. They let, yes, that's right. So don't do right. that so because the, you're not going to come out on top. The theme seems to be that Pike was very malleable about his rules. When it convenienced him, he was, you know, we stand for every man, and if you don't, you're some kind of animal, you know, that kind of thing. But when it came to his skin, he was perfectly willing to run to preserve it up until the very end. Because he mentions how he gave his word to Mapache, I believe, and Dutch is like, it's not that you keep your word, it's who who did you give your word to? Yeah. And who are you telling? You're telling we don't leave people behind. Except that every possible fucking opportunity, you're leaving somebody behind. And so it's he, like... His... You're, it's like you're saying that so nobody leaves you behind. Hey, right. motherfucker, that's not how this works. We see what you're doing. Right. And <laughs> I appreciate the fact that in the very end, he decides, no, this is this is too much. There was a, I was watching a, a documentary on the making of the film, and there was a, a person who had worked on the original production who was had this very kind of poetic take on that final scene with the, the young woman. And, the, you know, with the sun in the room and everything. And that she, he thought the way that he interpreted that scene was that this is Pike looking at this woman and looking at this child and thinking about the woman that he had lost who got shot by her husband. Yeah. And the child he might have had with her. Yeah. And that he's like confronting where he is as opposed to if I had not taken the path of the gun. All right. Could I have been this happier person? All right. And instead, it's like, well, but I am what I am, and we have to try to get this one kid out of here. Maybe yeah. he deserves it. Yeah. He's young enough to actually take this path in life. And, of course, when Angel goes, that's when he just loses his yeah. shit and just starts. Yeah, he's just like, fuck it. Right. What, what even is the point? Right. I, li- I literally have nothing to live for. Fuck it. I'm taking everybody but, with yeah, me. And I like the fact that you observed Borgnine's kind of that even... Yeah. He does a lot of stuff in this movie that really proves that that performance and it's no fluke. He's really very he good. He is, and he he is 
he's probably of the bunch the most compelling one to me um holden is so (sighs) infuriating i don't know is that the word he's just he's a lot of do as i say not as i do and i don't I can't get up, get on board. I'm like, why are y'all following this motherfucker? He's gonna leave you. He's yeah. made it very clear that he's gonna leave you. Um, yeah, I don't. So, what did you think of it overall? I mean, what's your overall concept of the film? I feel like it was kind of a confusing mess. I feel like it's kind of a confusing mess. And I think a large of it, large part of it was the combination of the visual style that Peckinpah is using here, which mm-hmm. I don't know if it's his usual style. I've never seen another this one of his movies. the style that developed that became the Peckinpah style. Okay. So there's that combined with, like I said, 40% in Spanish that I don't understand. So you are not giving me the visuals I need to comprehend a language I don't speak. And you are not giving me the the language I need to comprehend the visuals that you are giving me, mm-hmm. which leaves me. I feel like the movie drove away without me. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm angels, fucking right. like motherfuckers. Right. What? Right. <laughs> like, I thought Filling we didn't. The theme of our film. <laughs> and you know, I mean, obviously not as bad. He did die. I just mm. watched a movie that I was kind of like, eh. and I uh, rewatched parts of it today. I don't know that it helped. Mm-hmm. Um, I like kind of how big everybody is. Right. Uh, I think that's necessary for the style, but I don't like the style. So what was done was, mm. was executed well. It's just not a thing I enjoy, I think, is is where I'm at. And then, like I said, the combination, the visual language barrier combination makes it and the fact that it is wrong mm-hmm. makes it uh, like I don't want to watch it again. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But like that scene with the, especially like the train scene, right. I was like, I'm fucking nervous. <laughs> like they, and I said that so I was like, what are they going to go away? One of his gifts is that in the middle of, and he gets made fun of. He got made fun of at the time. There's a Monty Python skit. Uh, Sam Peckinpah's Salad Days. Okay. Where there's just, it's an English period piece, there's a croquet party, and someone hits the ball, and the ball hits somebody in the eye, and their eye comes out, and oh, Jesus. a guy's playing piano, and the, the, um, he pulls away, like the, uh, the, pia- the key cover falls on his wrists, and he pulls away, and his arms come out in slow They're motion. Like Dario Argento. <laughs> and, but that's the joke. It's like, right. you know, it's all done in slow motion. It's, it's, Meant to be like if he had directed an English period piece, which was terribly funny. Um, but I think that they were kind of missing the point of what he was doing, which is he was trying to show just how ugly violence is by making it intentionally ugly and just yes pushing your face in it. Right. Um, well, so like a Hanukkah film, like a Michael Hanukkah. Oh, film. okay. I was like Hanukkah. Not Han- Hanukkah. Yeah, I don't. I think that's how his name is pronounced. Hanukkah. Um. Like, uh, what's the the one that was remade from oh, the original? Funny yes. Where he's making that movie for a specific person who will watch it to the end. Right. If you turn it off, the movie wasn't for you. Like, you pass. Yeah. You don't need to watch it. And I am that person. I'm like, 20 minutes in, I'm like, 
oh, we're just going to torture these people for the rest of the movie? Got yeah. it. I'm got it. I'm good. I got it. I got it. I don't need to watch that. And he's like, great. If you if you understand what's happening and you don't feel the need to watch these people be tortured, then I'm not making this movie well, for you. I'm making this movie to speak to the people who are like, let me get in on watching these people be tortured for two hours. That's the group of people I want to talk to. I'm not that person. So it's not for I me. I gave up after Michael Pitt, I guess, is, right? When he years. looked right at the fucking yeah, camera. So he kept breaking the fourth wall and smirking at me while he's torturing people. And that, thinking, that yeah, is, I, that's I Michael Hanukkah right. doing oh, that. Like he, that's what he's doing. But, and and yeah. it does. It is. I, I know the people who want to watch that. Mm-hmm. And I think they would get something out of it. I am not those people. Right. I am not that people. But, but I'm of, glad that he makes them. My, my idea, or really what I felt about this film, is that there's moments that really, really, really work very well. Um, and there are subs, there's also, but there's an under, let me start again. Yep. I feel that he's an excellent filmmaker and the other films I've seen of his in particularly, I think, uh, in particular, Straw Dogs was just a real, it was difficult to get through, but it yes. was a really good film. Um, I've never seen it. I am familiar with the remake. Mm. Uh, I did not watch either. Right. I know that isn't there like a very long rape scene in there it? There is <laughs> a scene in the film that is you don't see the actual rape. What you see is a woman sleeping with her old boyfriend, and then at the very end of it, it turns out that he turns her over to his friends, and that part you don't see. But there's an issue with the way that he pressures her into sex using violence. Okay, got it. Um, but yeah, that film was just you're you're watching Dustin Hoffman of all people just being pushed to the point where he just snaps. Okay. Um and so there's he has a lot of interesting things to say. This film I felt had a little of the issue that I had with The Magnificent Seven, although to a lesser extent, which is that this is the Mexico that white men dream about. For sure. This, I mean, it's full You of, know, if it was now, of course, mm-hmm. everything would be orange, but right. that's really the only, it's it's the only difference. With, and everything, all, there would be guitars and harmonicas on the, yes, on the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, th- there is... There's a lot of guitars on here, and it's there's scenes like where the, the portrayal of Mexican people and Mexican villages in this film, and I should uh, be very... Every Mexican that. child is fucking terrifying. Right. Well, but on top of that... Although the the, ch- mm-hmm. the children in the Texas town were also fucking terrifying. Right. They were the ones with the scorpions at the beginning. Right. But the there's things like the fact that there's the wise old elders, and then there's the young revolutionaries, and then there's the voluptuous women who are constantly bare-breasted for reasons that we don't understand. Just because... It's what they're so good for. It's, yeah, it's... And as you mentioned, there's not a speaking part, but this is just... is a notion of Latin America that comes across in American films. The girls are pretty and easy. It, it felt and like the, savages. It right. felt very much like the way that they yeah. portray native characters, indigenous characters as well, in, in films like this. And I'm just like, and so really? And they have mm-hmm. no sense of self-preservation. Right. No sense of... Um, Culture or identity, which is, I mean, clearly is not true because, because we know mm-hmm. Pancho Villa is out there right. fighting for the Mexican people. We never fucking see him. Well, I think that what's up, what's odd to me is that Peckinpah actually apparently shot the entire film in Mexico. 
Yeah, that loved right. loved visiting Mexico. I His don't know why. His daughter has a Latin last name or first name. It's he. This was very much a part of his life. So you'd wonder, like, why would he perpetuate this kind of image of it? And a lot of films done at the same time, and even films done up until recently. I was watching. I will say though, most of the Latin people mm-hmm. are played by Latin actors, right? Which is so that step forward from. When we've watching, made them stereotypes, right. but they are actually at least playing themselves. And you had the the German and Lithuanian yeah. actors playing the Mexicans, and then yeah. you have this film where it's like, no, these are these are Mexicans and and Puerto, Puerto, Puerto Ricans, yeah, yeah, Mexican. But it was it was like a step forward, but at the same time, the portrayal of them as like a people in a culture in a country, as if, and I don't know, I've never, I should. Again, prefaces by saying I have not been to little Mexican villages, but the, the scene sure? where <laughs> the wild man is leaving Angel's hometown, and they just all the villagers come spontaneously together and start singing this beautiful song to them, and you're like, "Well, this is a really beautiful kind of pastoral moment." And then you go, "But <laughs> why are weirdly they... offset right. against that hymn, the Temperance hymn at the beginning?" Yes. And too, because there's a there's a there's two groups of people, groups of villagers singing at different right. points in this movie. Yeah, it's just it's this very strange kind of picture. It's like they're beautiful and they're, they 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 love to sing to us as as we depart the town and, and when they've had literally no feelings about anything right, else up exactly. until now. Like what's it's happening? Very strange. And you do see them like uh, sort of. You see some of the women flirting. Mm-hmm. You see some of the like. You know, people yelling at them, saying, like, go get the water for the beans. I got that house. Right. I understood. I understood that. Um, but, yeah, I don't... Mm. It, it's... it's uh, But, as I said, it's a very outsider's view of Mexico, and you would think that having a character like Angel is supposed to put you more into the frame of mind. I do applaud Sam Peckinpah, though, for talking about a part of history that never gets talked about, or yeah. at least until that point. But also, it's a very much an alternate history version. Mm-hmm. So, how how much is he talking about? Well, it? I think it's interesting to have the German there. I think right. that that is an interesting because that's definitely yes, that's not a real character, but that's right. definitely a thing that was happening. Yeah, we know that there was European influence in the Mexican Revolution because have, yeah. Mexico is right next to the United States, and we are gonna go. Shoot a bunch of you guys. So, yeah, you wanted a strategic foothold. Close. Uh, See Cuba also. Um, The the emperor of the Second Mexican Empire was Maximilian, who was, I believe, Austrian. So it's, there was a lot. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that. I need to learn about Mexican history. I got to find a book. There's a lot of, um, there was a lot of European attempts at intervention. Uh, Shocking. Imagine that. It's not like we've ever intervened anywhere where people didn't look like us. God damn. Yeah. And he was, uh, it's like. I mean, they speak Spanish. 1884 to 1887. They speak Spanish in Mexico. That's also European influence. Right. They may be brown. But that's only because they mixed with the indigenous people more than the white people in America did. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, that's my biggest complaint would be that really, which is that I felt like it's a fantasy version of Mexico. But, I feel like it's a fantasy version of, of a lot of things. But at the same time, what's very odd is that it's 
in many ways more realistic than so many of the Western stories that we saw. It doesn't carry the Western myth with it to the extent that so many other films did. So it was a step forward, but it was still clearly in this weird sort of stasis. Right. It was the, to the same extent that like when you're watching Sergio Leone's Westerns, yeah. they're so fantastic. You know, they're, they're, Yeah, them, it's almost like a surrealist. Right. Some um, of them are practically steampunk in some ways, mm-hmm, you know, with mm-hmm. these strange weapons they have and whatever else. No, but it's a steampunk? Wild, wild West. Yeah. Well, but... <laughs> Spider. Um, for a few dollars more, the guy has like a, a gear-powered gun. Oh, really? Okay. And so there are... Like yeah, I've never seen any of those steampunk films. Steampunk so. elements to the film... But at the same time, they feel more realistic than the Western portrayals that we were getting where people fire 50 times without reloading. Yeah. And all the Indians, have, there's, there's no individuality among Indian tribes. Nope. They all have the same headband because that's how the stuntmen kept the wigs <laughs> down on their heads. And it's just really... I just deflated everybody. <laughs> like <sighs> Honestly, they had these black wigs and they would just sort of... I believe you. That's <laughs> why I deflated. I wasn't... There, there was no pushback in my body at all. I just yeah. was like, fucking of course it is. Yeah, I, it's, it's obviously an important film in terms yes. of... and I'm glad I watched it. I mm. don't want to watch it ever again, though. Like, y'all, this is not a movie I'm going back right. to. I think a lot of the... I, I think a lot of these are movies I wouldn't go back to. I'd go back to Halloween. That's next week, you guys. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that's next week. Um, So I think that that's... Yeah. That's that. That'll wrap it up this year week. Next week, as I said, just said, spoilered, uh, we are going to talk about Halloween from 1978, which we have already talked about. So you're going to get a little new, a little old, up in next week's episode, um, and you'll hear about what we do, uh, what we're going to talk about in October because it's almost October. Everybody, I don't know how we got here, but we got I, here. The fact that we made it this far is amazing. I don't, to me. I'm just I'm astounded. I every day feels like a week and also a minute. I don't time isn't anything anymore, and I don't think it's how old I am. I know time changes as you get older. I also just think that the world that that we are living in right now it takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot, and it takes a lot from everyone. Um. So on that happy note, before we discuss Halloween, other than that. Would you like to recommend anything to our wonderful listeners? I I have been... I'm always anxious about recommending things that I haven't finished. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so there's like two or three, three things I'm in the middle of that I'm like, I, yeah. I wonder if I should. Um, what I can say is that so far... Devil in Ohio has been interesting. I know you and our other roommate are watching it, but not together. You're at different spaces. And right. I was like, I'm not ready for horror right now, so I will watch it later. We're gonna three people in this house are gonna watch it at different times. And it's I've read some criticisms of it, including from our friend Stephen King. Oh no. Uh, who's like, I'm enjoying it so far, but why a professional would bring in a uh-huh. obviously disturbed young woman into her house Oh, with her family. Plot. Plot yeah. is why. Because He's the like, script I, says I don't so. Know why, why would yes, you do Yes, because that? no one in a Stephen King story has ever done something right. baffling. Yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, other than that, and that's that is a it's major got bones thing to get in through. it. Yes, it's got Emily Deschanel in it. Emily Deschanel, and, and she looks amazing. I'm like, was this film ten years ago? Because this bitch looks rejuvenated. She's really <laughs> funny, and the Deschanels as a whole, I like all of them for different reasons, including Caleb. Yes, I'm talking about Dad as well. Dad, who was an amazing cinematographer. Um. But yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying that. I'm not sure when I'll get to the end of it because there's so many things. We still have another season of Lock and Key. Yes, I'm finishing the last season of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I'm not watching a, that, but you guys which is are. a lot of fun too. That, yeah, that's actually. I am too young, I think, for it. You guys we are were both... talking about that that you were just yeah. in the middle. So I am 42 years old. Uh-huh. You are 52 years old, right? 53. 53, 53 years yeah. old, yeah. and. Uh, our other roommate is 52 years old. And you guys both really love that show. And I'm like, uh, fuck this guy a little bit. Like, I bailed in the first season. I think I watched the whole of the first season. Mm-hmm. But, like, the main character was fucking bothering me. Like, I wanted to punch everybody. Um, and it's just, it doesn't have that pull that those characters from those movies had. I've seen those. I've seen the Karate Kid movies. But I don't have a deep affinity. Although I... And that's true about a lot of things from when I was a kid. I don't really have nostalgia to... Like, I don't know that there's anything that you could say, oh, we're going to make... We're going to update it 20, 30 years later. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, I can't wait to watch that. I don't have that. Not even the Um, Goonies? No. I mean, about the I'll, I'll, I'd watch if you, right. if they made a sequel to the Goonies, I would watch that. But I don't, I don't need that, and I and I don't know that I'd follow a series. Um, notwithstanding, I am excited to watch the new Quantum Leap series, but <laughs> but I just like that that mechanism. So I'm right. excited to see what they do now with that mechanism. But I don't feel like I need to know what happened well, to the characters on the shows I watched when I was a kid. But that's largely also because I don't remember a lot of what I watched as a kid because I don't remember a lot of when I was a kid. Yeah, I think <laughs> what worked for this for me, even through the first couple of seasons where the karate was just bad, um, was the idea that this main character is not too bright and yes. he makes a lot of sort of dumb choices, just, and then he eventually starts getting character. And the, 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 I think the thing that mm-hmm. that I couldn't get on board with Cobra Kai, and we're going to now do a little weird side thing on Cobra Kai and what, uh, what my problems are. Okay. Is his name Johnny, right? Right. That's his name? He's my age. Mm. He's older than me. He's set for like 46 when the show starts. Yeah. He doesn't know what the fucking internet is. Fuck off out of here with that. Like, right off the bat, I'm like... His weaponized incompetence, mm-hmm. right off the bat, I'm like, well, I think all, you would be right. in jail. When <laughs> like, this was a person who, in the very first movie, was being pushed towards success by his family, by whatever else, and the fact of his natural kind of compulsion. He was a golden boy, right? And then this is about, well, whatever happened to that guy who just lost when he, you know, his big moment, and how he's trying to recuperate it. So. The first couple of seasons were, oh, they were fun for the sake of nostalgia, but it's actually developed into a really interesting yes, dramatic and, show. Yes, and I understand that, and, and I will mm. probably watch it at some point, right. unless Netflix, you know, shoves it into a, a burn pile to recoup 
finances in 10 years, which HBO Max says, this is how we do this. So it it could totally happen. Um, But yeah, I just, I had to bail on it because I was like, "Uh, fuck this guy though. (laughs) And I can't watch a show where the main character, I'm like, no, but fuck this guy. (laughs) By the way, just. Yes. Caleb Deschanel. Yeah. Did the cinematography for two really beautiful movies. Okay. He did for many. I mean, the la- he did yes. films I really like, like Killer Joe and and Killer um, Joe was great. Yeah, and he's doing. He did the Lion King for John Favreau, but he um, and the National Treasure film he also did. Also, but another thing I'm looking forward to. <laughs> the Black Stallion, which is a beautiful film. To the look at. the with um what's her face? With no. Mickey Rooney. Yes. That film. Yeah, Terry okay. Gar, Terry which, Gar. Yes, I think it was Terry Gar, right? It was the mom in the film. Oh. I was thinking, I'm thinking of yeah. the 1979 film. Yeah, no. I, and then um, the other film that he did, which of course I'm sure you'll agree with me, The Natural. It is <laughs> really one of the most beautiful looking films ever. I think we probably talked about it at the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm looking at Black Stallion because I'm trying to remember. Yeah, no, I've never seen it. Mm. I was thinking of another movie with a horse in it. Black Beauty, maybe. That could be the name of the film. The, is right. is that a movie? That's a movie too. It's a book, like the Black Stallion was. Did it also have Mickey Rooney in it? But like a long, long time ago? Uh, no, that was international. That was national? No, that was... National Velvet. National That's Velvet. the movie and that I'm thinking of. National Velvet. And National Velvet is the movie that mm-hmm. I'm thinking of. And who is the woman? Is it like a... Is it a Judy Garland? Is Elizabeth it a, Taylor. It's Elizabeth Taylor. Okay. <laughs> and her older sister is... Uh, who's the... Angela Lansbury. That, I think, brings us to the end. Next right. week... We're going to have a sort of a filler episode, but it does have new content in it about Halloween. Um, and then. I wouldn't say it's a filler. I think it's a revisit. It's okay. Well, we're not revisiting, though. <laughs> You're revisiting. We are not revisiting. Um, and uh, so we will do that next week. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at latecomerspod, or you can find us on Facebook by searching latecomerspodcast in the search bar. That is also where we sh- uh, I put up a thing every month okay. to show what we're going to be watching so you can watch along with us. Right. Uh, I believe Halloween is available like on everything. I think it's on okay. HBO Max. So you'll, you can definitely get a hold of Halloween. So watch it with us in preparation. For spooky season, which has, for most people, already started, but (laughs) we're going to go ahead and wait until October. So, until next week, I'd like to remind you to take your medicine, like all of your medicines, and we would like to remind you, better Better late late than never. never.